Very warm welcome to you, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's Red Voices. Thanks for stopping by. My name is Ewan Lennitz, and tonight I'm joined by Harriet Drudge and Richard Can to discuss, amongst other things, United's 2-0 win over Leicester City this past weekend, a new contract for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and a return to the Champions League group stages next month in September. Harriet, Saturday's game against Leicester. Uh, we've run through that exact scenario, getting into the latter stages of games, at Old Trafford, dominating possession, making chances but not scoring goals so, 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 so many times over the last couple of seasons, and last year in particular, especially at home. Did you genuinely believe we were going to win that game on Saturday? Um, I wasn't sure. I, I wouldn't have been able to put you know hand on heart and say, yeah, this is definitely going to happen for us. I think especially after uh, the missed penalty, uh, whilst that missed is a bit is a bit harsh, I think you know that was a, a great save by Schmeichel, despite the three foot off his line that he was. I'm glad you brought that up. There was just, there were just a, a few things that you know that we were creating lots of chances. Pogba had about twelve shots, and I didn't ever worry that the confidence wasn't there and that they kind of lost the team had lost heart. But it just felt like it might be one of those days where it didn't work out for us. Um, but then you know Mourinho pops up with another brilliant substitution and you know roles reversed with Marshall and Rashford Rashford coming on and making making an impact Mkhitaryan popping up with another assist which is just insane you know I, I think after that that goal went in from Rashford the relief was was definitely there and then we went for the second which was really really good to see considering you know the, the last two two games we finished strongly and scored lots of goals in the in the dying minutes so I think once once the goal had gone in I couldn't see Leicester getting back into it uh, they didn't really create anything that I can remember yeah it was just it was just a kind of it was a comfortable win in the end but it was there were definitely moments where I thought it wasn't going to happen. Rich how about you did you feel like we were definitely getting through that game with three points? No I don't think there's a United fan on earth that wasn't thinking with about 25 minutes to go that there's a chance that this could be the same as last season all over again. Having said that, watching the game back again, there's a difference in the team this season. It seems to have more belief. It seems to be calmer, less less susceptible to a, a sort of dipping of confidence. And it's just, it's just more relentless. And there's also a lot more control over the games. I mean, we played, we won the same games as the start of last season. But, for example, the first home game last season was against Southampton. We won 2-0, but it was quite quite a different game. Southampton really created quite a lot of very dangerous opportunities. Probably should have scored once or twice. And we came out of the game winning 2-0 and really sort of brushed over the way the game had gone. Whereas on Saturday, we came up against a team who I think are still a very good team, even if they're not quite the team that won the title. You know, we absolutely dominated that game from the first minute to the last. Um, as, as Harriet said, really until Andy King had that chance in injury time at the end. Leicester created nothing, and it was dominance of possession, dominance of pressure. We didn't. It wasn't a case of having spells where we were good in the game for 15, 20 minutes and creating some chances and missing them, and then sort of knocking off and being, you know, the game becoming much more even. We we ground that out just as we ground out um, Swansea the week before. Obviously, we had that thing the goal wouldn't come, but there just seems to be more composure about the team this year, and and obviously we've seen that they're, they're certainly more ruthless at the end of games, and. I think the, the way that Mourinho has found to, to use Rashford and Martial, who I think both have clearly moved up a level this season, it just means that we've got such a dangerous weapon against tired, a tired defence, you know, tired minds. We've got all that pace, and as Harriet said, we, we're absolutely killing teams late in games after we've made these substitutions. That is now three goals without Marouane Fellaini on the pitch this season, and seven goals with him. 
you know, I don't want to draw a direct correlation. Yeah, I did the same joke last weekend. There's definitely a correlation there, let's be quite honest about it. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of differences in the way that we're approaching these games from last season. Um, One of the big things is that it feels like with Matic in the team and perhaps with the way that Bailly and Jones have started, Mourinho seems to have a bit more confidence in his defence. And that subsequently has allowed other players to be a bit more freed. And obviously it helps in these sort of situations that we're playing with, what, a 4-2-3-1, which means that Matic is sort of sitting quite deep and allowing Pogba to roam and license to move about wherever he necessarily wants to, which is always nice to see. And the way that we are defending when we get broken on, and especially against Leicester, because we all know that is their weapon. You know, they will sit very deep and they will just pounce. They'll send a couple of very, very quick runners forward, two or three, and hit you on the break. That is their bread and butter. I thought we actually dealt with that aspect of the game very, very well. You know, I'm not the first person to say this, but Phil Jones and Eric Bailly were absolutely brilliant, I thought, on Saturday. They dealt dealt with pretty much everything that came their way very cleanly. And in particular, for Phil Jones, very calmly. It's not a rebirth, so to speak. He's showing himself to show glimpses of the form of the player that we know has always been there, but has always struggled to be shown consistently. So that's a very pleasing aspect of it in the sense that even when we are getting to, you know, especially with this game, because we broke the deadlock before half time in our previous two fixtures and didn't have too much to worry about in comparison with this Leicester game, there doesn't seem to be that fear that we're going to get broken on and destroyed on the counter attack which is great. You know, it seems that we have a bit more confidence about ourselves to force the issue and then not get, you know, frazzled should we give up a chance or a goal on the counter-attack. That's really encouraging to see. The other thing is is that you've got the likes of Mkhitaryan, who I don't think had his best game. I mean, I think one of the big problems that we struggled with all during that game was our delivery. I didn't think it was up to snuff at all. But Mkhitaryan, with a very nicely curved crossover to Rashford, straight on a plate for him, and yeah, a really lovely moment for Rashford, considering that despite not getting the goal and coming off for uh, Martial in this game, Harriet, he's had a good start to the season. That goal should do him a lot of good. He deserves it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Rashford can can kind of claim a sort of assist for quite a lot of Martial's goals by uh, having previously run all of those defenders ragged and you know got them (laughs) got them thinking um you know what what's coming next and he just terrifies defenses doesn't he I mean uh he's worked really really hard he's always been a threat and for him to come on and get that goal and kind of you know he's given they're giving the manager the headache uh who uh, on who's going to start the next game yeah I think you know the more the more he can do that and actually get the goals to kind of finish off some of the moves um, I think that's the only that's the only area that he really needs to kind of um, work on a little bit because uh, he's had a lot of chances and not put them in the back of the net. Hopefully he can progress on from here. Do you know what I love about Rashford now? Do you know what I love about Rashford now? He scored he he scored that goal and he was like his face just said yeah whatever next you know that's yeah. there's a goal got a goal whatever you know oh next one next one up please and he's he's yeah. kind of got past that useful you know bloody hell where am I look at this um, kind of face and he, he looks like he belongs I mean you, you know he, he did it so well at the start but you, you had the same you've had the same thing with a lot of young players with, with like your Michael Owens or whatever they kind of look like gambling uh, you know baby deer don't they They're kind of on ice and it's just it's just this incredible exciting thing they're going on adrenaline whereas now he's, his body's built into a, a man's body and he seems to have a much more mature mindset and approach to the to the game now he, he I think he just looks and he feels like he belongs 
um, and he knows that he belongs in where he is, which I think is quite ominous for the Premiership this year. But as, as Harriet said, the one thing he needs to improve is finishing, and I think if he does that, then there's, you know, there's not a lot that can stop him. I mean, I guess coming when it did in the 70th minute after we had really in that second half struggled to make too many clear-cut chances but played some really lovely football, especially in that first half. You know, some of the link-up play was brilliant. It was just good to see him come off the bench and have that impact considering that the headlines had kind of been stolen by Martial for the previous two games. You know, he came off the bench and scored that great goal against West Ham. Just a deadly great finish against West, uh, not sorry, against Swansea the following weekend. And again, he played, he made the start on Saturday afternoon and I thought Martial again played quite well. You know, he was giving them the sort of treatment that Rashford was giving the previous two teams in the sense that he wasn't really giving them much time or much space or much respite, which is great. You know, that's exactly what you want from these young attackers is to run at defenders and scare them and force mistakes. And there was a couple of occasions where he cut back inside of some decent shots. It's an argument to say that maybe we should have been ahead before our time anyway. I mean, there was Matters disallowed goal after Lukaku did so well. And you remember that cross that came in and... I can't remember where it was. I know he was having lots of battles with Maguire and Wes Morgan, but he barged one of them out of the way and did so well just to twist and turn and get a shot with enough power out that Schmeichel couldn't keep out. Manor turned it in, and then it was flagged for the most marginal offside decision we might see all season. Very unlucky on that one. A couple of really good long-range efforts from that first half from Pogba, but I didn't necessarily feel too concerned. As the game wore on, that did grow a little bit. And then not only did we get that goal, but Harriet, we killed it off with a beautiful goal for Marouane Fellaini's knee. Yeah, or, absolutely. Uh, Marouane Fellaini. Oh, 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 God. I did that same joke two seasons ago when Rooney scored. Oh, I know it was terrible. Goodness me. I mean, is there any point us even talking about it now? You just, you just completely ruined it. <laughs> I think um, I ruined everything. I feel sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was really good that we didn't kind of go into our, our shell and, and do what a lot of Mourinho teams are accused of doing and shutting up shop and, you know, parking the bus and whatever. Um, his his horses roamed free and they wanted to kill the game off and get the second goal, which is, is, is brilliant. And you could see the relief on Mourinho's face. Um, and he was, he was properly happy that we managed to get that second goal, regardless of the fact that Fellaini looked a little bit offside as well, if the other one was given offside. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Fellaini was definitely offside. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it was good It was good that, again, another substitution, and as you've already told us with your wonderful stat, that's seven goals uh, with Fellaini on the pitch this season. So long may he continue to be subbed on so that we can rack up the goals. <laughs> it's an option. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Rich, lovely run by Jesse Lingard as well. He came on with uh, Leicester tiring and really stretched that defence. Yeah, I think one of the problems we've had in the last, or certainly last season, is that we were starting too many games with Fellaini and with, with Lingard in particular, but others as well. But they are players who are an absolute nightmare for a tired defence to deal with. You know, what the one thing that Lingard does very well, I think, is his movement. You know, he's pretty quick, very agile, and against a defence that's that's fresh, doesn't necessarily create too much danger. When he's playing against a team that's already out of shape, that they're chasing a game, perhaps need a goal in their spaces, then he, he can be a really, really useful weapon. And the same with Fellaini. I mean, the last thing you want if you've been chasing after or, you know, battling with Lukaku for 70 minutes is for this even bigger lump to come on and with his elbows and his and his head. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I think what we've seen now, last season, I think some of 
some of Mourinho's substitutions were very impactful, but a lot of them didn't make any sense. But what we've seen the first three games this season is substitutions that, that really make sense. Um, it, you know, against Leicester, obviously, the, the changes between Martial and Rashford are an obvious option because, you know, their pace is just terrifying against the, against the tired right back. But Lingard can do that as well. Lingard can move and run, move quickly and just pull the tired defence about. And it just works perfection because that's exactly what happened. Rashford spotted Lingard make a, a really, really clever angled run down the left, into the left flank position and, and Fellaini was just there being Fellaini and being big <laughs> and something something to hit a ball at and need it in. Mourinho's just, just made very, very clever decisions at key points in games in the first three league games. So long may it continue. Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of different aspects of it that I'm finding quite pleasing in the sense that, as you mentioned there, you know, Fellaini and Lingard coming on in, in the latter stages of games when the opposition are chasing the game is almost perfect because they are going to cause problems and as we saw with the second goal, that was a pure example of two great substitutes combining for, uh, well, essentially the game killer. You know, 2-0, that was it. It was really, really positive to see. I think as well, with the way that United have played these last three games, we are getting closer to nailing down what you would say is United's first choice eleven. It does seem to be working well, this lineup that we've had now for pretty much the three games. Maybe you could take Martial and Rashford and swap them out a little bit. But the combination of Mata, Mkhitaryan, Lukaku, Pogba and Matic, that front five slash six seem to be what we're going to... That front six is going to get the best out of us this season, which is great. You know, a couple of roles in defence. You know, ideally you might want to bring Luke Shaw if he can reach the level that we all know is capable of him for Daily Blind. But otherwise, you wouldn't really change too many things, would you? You know, I'm sad to have not seen a bit more of Ander Herrera's lovely face this season, but I get why he's not played that much so far because of how effective we've been with the players that we played in midfield. And as far as uh, Eric Bailly and Phil Jones go, they've been brilliant. Both of them absolutely fantastic. You know, three games so far against teams that have offered not necessarily a massive amount of pressure, but have had chances and they've let very, very few shots through at all. You know, it's great not to have conceded a goal. Valencia's delivery on Saturday wasn't the best, but again, you know, he, he looks like he's he's taken that captain's armband on because Michael Carrick wasn't even in the squad, I don't think, this past weekend. And he seems to be making an impact, which is great to see. So yeah, the team now does seem to be forming a little bit more. And I guess the encouraging thing is, is that it does feel like a progression from this stage last season where heading into the international break, we had just beaten Hull. And Rich, I can remember about a year ago, you and I talking about that game and saying how we felt like we moved on a little bit. And that was a game we wouldn't have won under Van Hal, for instance. So we ground out a 1-0 win. But again, this feels like another step up from this period 12 months ago in the sense that we just seem to have more confidence and belief and ability to actually get jobs done in these sort of tight situations. Because Leicester arguably was the toughest assignment of those first three games. The difference this season for me is that even last season, I was still looking at that team and the squad and thinking, I'm not quite sure how this all fits together. There, there are maybe four or five pieces in the puzzle that don't necessarily look like permanent options. And the difference with the Leicester game is there were, I thought, two areas of weakness in the performance. And that was really from left back where, where Blint was, both defensively and going forward. He's just not equipped physically to really get up and down that line fast enough and to, to beat players and to get delivery into the box in the way that Patrice ever used to. And then on the right hand side we do have something of an issue because 
Valencia can get up and down the pitch, but his delivery delivery's often pretty wretched as it was on on Saturday. And you've got Mata, who's this incredibly technical but very slow guy who drifts in field. Um, and so what what actually happened is we didn't have as much quality threat from the flanks as we should have done. And Mourinho's spoken about the left hand side. He knows he knows there's that issue. But for me, the thing is looking at this team now rather than thinking there are four, five, maybe six areas of that team that I'm not entirely sure about. You could look at it now and say, well, I can definitely see two areas where I think we need to improve. But apart from that, everything looks like it's probably going to look longer term. So there are clearly mm-hmm. far less question marks about that team. You're talking about Mourinho seeming to know his best team now. We changed the team so often last season from game to game, but he's clearly got that 11 in his mind now that he will play in every... He, he may change things up for, for the bigger games, but generally speaking, against you know, your bottom 14 Premier League teams, that's surely pretty much how he's going to set up now. And it, it's going to benefit us so much, playing relatively the same players every week in the same positions. They're going to get to learn what each other's doing. And, and it's, they, they all look like they deserve to, to be in those positions by one or two. For me, and maybe in three weeks' time, we'd have lost three times and oh. look really... St- <laughs> sake, Rich. Oh, Rich. But what I was going to say was, maybe maybe <laughs> that'll happen, but to me, it, it we look like a different unit to last year and we look like we, we know where we're going. We look at this direction and we're not actually that far away from it, which, which is a big, big change. Sure. I mean, I guess it will be interesting to see how we cope with the return for the international break. Stoke away at the... Uh... The bet 365 was about to say Batania, but that makes me old now. Uh, <laughs> when we return back for the internationals, is going to be an interesting and a tricky task. You know, they beat Arsenal, although, again, is that necessarily that difficult to do these days? Oh, um, <laughs> I know, I know. Barb's all over the shop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that I guess as well, when we actually come up against a team of quality and we maybe don't play this formation, the 4-2-3, maybe go for a 4-3-3 and bring Ander in, or something similar, I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how we deal with it. You know, Harry, you mentioned earlier on what it'd be like when we go behind in the game. How are we going to react to that? Because we haven't had that so far. We've, you know, Leicester put up 70 minutes of resistance, but then we won the game 2-0 and didn't really concede. And didn't necessarily, apart from that one chance, as was mentioned towards the end, Dave's safe, fantastic, didn't really look like conceding. So yeah, when we come up against a team that can attack, that can defend, that can stretch us, it's going to be interesting to see how we cope with it. Because so far we've had things mostly our own way. So it will be a test. You know, it, it isn't going to be like this all season long for sure. It's great that we've handled these situations, these three games, as well as we have so far. Because plenty of times since Sir Alex Ferguson retired, we haven't done that at all. We haven't handled these games in a good manner. So that is encouraging to see so far. But that will only take us so far once we start playing better teams. Just a word, Harriet, on uh, Romelu Lukaku, who... You know, we were talking about delivery. How many times, four, five, six times, he was on the shoulder of the last defender begging for a quick ball. It didn't happen. It was great to see his movement. You know, that penalty that we mentioned, Kasper Michael well off his line. But again, a very, very useful display. And I guess his movement really shows why things have moved on and attacked particularly so well now that we haven't got Ibrahimovic in the lineup every week. Yeah, it's 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 definitely been brilliant to see kind of the different options that he brings. So, um, it, like, like you mentioned running. with his with his movement and the running and and the bring you know, the fact that he makes those runs brings other people into the game and also opens channels for other players to run into. And I think that has really allowed, especially with you know with um, Matic coming and and sitting, allowing Pogba to 
to you know even attempt some of the 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 shots that he was on on Saturday he just didn't get the opportunity to do that last season so that's that's been a really pleasing aspect of our play and yeah it didn't quite work out for him on on Sunday uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be kicking himself about the penalty um because uh, he would have been the first United player to score uh in three consecutive games since making the debut I believe um and yeah but it it you know he's been an absolute um gem addition to the team it's been um it's been like you were saying earlier and rich was saying i think the balance of the of the team and the starting 11 so far has been so much better than last season i think again as rich said the more that these players play together every week i mean that's that's one of the the main kind of uh aspects of a of a like, i'm not getting ahead of myself here but last season chelsea very rarely changed their their starting 11 and that quite often is um, an aspect of a title winning team or teams that win trophies uh, I think they know they're starting alone their best their best players in each position I think we're we're well equipped now to challenge on on all fronts and I think like you said we probably won't play four three two one all, all the time uh, especially in in Europe that might change but Lukaku, I'm looking forward to seeing Lukaku play in the Champions League for sure That'd be great. Hey, Harriet, Segway, Champions League. We're in that this season. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, the group stages draw happened this very week. They d- it did. I mean, shockingly enough, it took ages to get through it. But there we go. What can oh, you say? yeah, that uh, never happened. Oh, gosh. Jesus. You would have thunk it. Good grief. Basel, Benfica and CSKA Moscow. Now, it could arguably have been a lot worse or a lot trickier than that. You know, there was some discussion going in amongst the fan base on our timeline in terms of uh, getting a big team. You know, Kev was massively into the idea of getting a very difficult draw, playing the best teams in the group stages, and then just sort of suggested that, you know, the last two times we've had very easy groups in the Champions League and certainly the Europa League as well, and really struggled with both. So... Rich, how do you place this draw? It to me, it kind of feels like there are potential banana skins all over the shop, but mostly manageable. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because it's the kind of group we've we've made a mess of before. But as I said, I said to Kev um, after we actually tweeted that the reason we made a mess of those is because our team wasn't very good. Basically, I I don't I don't worry about the the strength of the group. I mean, I I, I prefer a weak group to be honest. I mean, you, you said um, Kev kind of said let's let's play against one of the best sides in Europe and see where we are. Well, the answer is possibly in the Europa League again, which which would be really shit. So, um, and no one wants no, that. No, no one wants again. that. And I, and I can't see... We've all made too many jokes about Arsenal being in it. We can't go back <laughs> Exactly. Now. We, either, we either qualify for the knockout stage or we finish fourth. I don't care. I'm not totally. But the thing is, you can't, you can't imagine Mourinho letting, letting a team go out against any of those opponents not entirely focused. It's just, you know, yeah. he, he knows the importance of being back in the Champions League. I'm sure he believes that he belongs to the manager in the Champions League. And, and he's just not going to let them go out, you know, half-cocked against any of these sides. And we just have, we just have yeah. better players. I mean, <clears throat> subject to perhaps an injury to Clark or Pogba or someone else. Well, they, those two are really, I think, almost our most important players in terms of how we play this season. I don't see an issue with that group as long as we approach it properly, which we will. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. That having been away as well uh, and not and not played in the Champions League for for what feels like too long when it's only a season, it is a new season, right? 
Was it? Yeah, yeah it's anyway. two years. Yes, yeah, we, did, we didn't really yeah. play, yeah. play in it so much in that in the in the LVG. Yeah, we just kind of turned. We came, we saw, just... and we ran away with our tails between our legs. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a very different experience this time. There'll be players there that are really hungry to succeed. Especially, I think Lukaku making his Champions League. Well, is it his Champions League debut? Do you play ever play in the Champions League for Chelsea? Um, but being a main man in the Champions League, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the the main striker. He's going to be the one who's going to be responsible. You know, he's going to feel that responsibility of getting the goals to get us into the the knockout stages. And I think that's that's something that he's going to relish. And I just think the whole the whole squad, they look ready for it. They look confident, and they look like they they don't have the, the almost like the fear that they were playing with last season. That they kind of knew their own ability but they were too scared to, to potentially lose um and that's never mm. a good mentality to go into any game fearing failure i don't i think Mourinho's managed to get you know get to grips with with all of these players now thoroughly whacked the lvg-ness out of them mm. um and they've just got this you know he he is a good motivator with a lot of his players i know we've had discussions before where we've kind of come down on him a bit hard on his treatment of certain players like luke shaw and and Marshall to, to some extent last season and, and Mkhitaryan. But, you know, you can see from those the last two examples there that they're really playing for him now. And, you know, he's getting the best out of them. Uh, and again, uh, I can't wait for the Champions League group stages to get started. <laughs> me too. It would be great to have it back. You know, Basel is always a red herring for me because we... so. Every English club seems to struggle with them. You remember when Liverpool were in the Champions League and they got drawn the same group as Real Madrid? I saw a lot of chatter saying, oh, we should get through that. Yeah, apart from Real Madrid, that group is nothing special. Look how that ended up. But yeah, it's not the easiest group ever. You know, I Benfica are going to be a tricky opponent and travelling to Moscow, giving the long haul, is not going to be necessarily easy. But you would expect that United have enough in order to cope with that group that we should be looking to top it. You know, we are arguably, in terms of the weapons that we have, the strongest club in there. It all depends on whether or not, over the course of those six games, we are the strongest team. And there are good signs that we are becoming that at the moment after these three games. But we'll just have to see how it how it plays out in European competition because I'd be surprised, as if we mentioned there, that we stick with this 4-2-3-1 against these teams. I'm not necessarily sure how that would fly. So I would expect a slightly more pragmatic approach, perhaps more... I mean, again, we've been dominating possession, but less you know, willing to cut teams apart and perhaps be a bit more pragmatic. I think that would probably suit Mourinho's style a little bit more. But either way, I'm not necessarily that worried. I'm really, really excited for it. You know, I don't want to get too entitled about the Champions League because no team has a God-given right to be in there. And as we've seen so many times over the last four years, we've had to come back down to earth on in many circumstances as United fans. As far as the Champions League goes, I'm just very, very excited to be back in it. The Champions League group stages should be great for us. You know, this is a, a tricky but not impossible draw and United should be looking to get through to the knockout stages. You know, other teams have had... Far less favourable draws, looking at what Spurs have got to deal with, considering that they are still struggling to win at Wembley after yesterday's draw against Burnley. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful for what we've got in the end. Just make sure, I'm just hoping that we approach it in the right manner. And I think that there are signs that the team and the club will do that. You know, this is a big deal for United to get back into it, but not only to get back in the Champions League, to make sure that they stay in it. And as you said there, Rich, you expect Mourinho will make the team focus on this and treat it with the utmost caution and respect and make sure that we get through it. 
so just moving on to another journal we've discussed briefly harriet this week's news that well that we all essentially knew but we're just waiting for confirmation of and it came with many lovely little videos cheeky photos and interviews zlatan has re-signed for us uh probably going to be back towards the end of the year slash the new year harriet what do you make of it all has he signed again? Has Zlatan signed? I mean, that was so low-key that I nearly missed it. Um, You'd never have known, <laughs> would you? Never have known. No, I think, do you know what? I think it's brilliant for the, the squad as a whole. He's clearly a very popular individual. Probably very different to the persona that we see and the fans see uh, and, you know, opposing fans see and hate. But I think having his experience in the dressing room, having lost, you know, I have a much people didn't like him towards the end um some people never liked him uh, but Rooney was a winner he won everything in the english in the english game um and you know despite his his faults people and his younger teammates really respected him i think we still need that core any dressing room needs that core of experience and you know the the mentality of winners uh, if you're going to you know, progress. I and mean, we've seen disruption in um, other squads where there perhaps haven't been those core players that, that could get teams through difficult moments and younger teammates through difficult patches of form. I think he's just going to be brilliant for Lukaku coming in, you know, when he might go through a barren spell and just, you know, offering that, even that, you know, the the words of advice in the, the period of time in between when he comes back to fitness and then having that additional option um, when perhaps if he'd been fit on Saturday um, and he'd come off the bench, he would have been a, a very different option to the, the pace of, of Rashford coming on, uh, giving us a bit bit of a different dimension, not just, you know, hoofing it up to him, but we quite often benefited from that last season. Sometimes we might need to resort to that, to a bit of long ball. Yeah, I just think it's it, it works all round. He, I don't think he ever wanted to, to leave. As he said, he's not, he wanted to, fin- he wants to finish what he started and it makes sense. Rich, I asked our friends on Twitter for their opinions when Zlatan signed during the week, so I'll read out a couple of these. Uh, Andrew Dayton said he'll have 15 goals which could win the title and he hates that bastard Pep <laughs> should only be a sub though <laughs> uh, Hans Orbelander says okay with it with the caveat he doesn't replace Romelu Lukaku up top plenty of games knocking around for him from January onwards uh, Miguel Gomez says reserved happy worried it might upset the balance of the team but we can't deny his goals and this time at this time surely says happy but it's up to jose to use him correctly he's definitely a useful asset but absolutely should not walk back into the starting 11 how do you feel about though that that general sentiment there i think i'd agree with most of that my one moderate concern is is simply that i think you can describe a lot of the, the different way we've played the more freedom the more more space the more fluidity we've, we've had this season with having a striker who plays on the shoulders of the last man who defence are afraid of um, getting in behind them. And so that creates a, a huge amount more space between the halfway line, the six, uh, the 18-yard box for the likes of Mkhitaryan and Rashford and Martial or whoever to to actually do their, do their stuff. And I don't want us to end up with... with Pimpovich on the pitch, falling back into where we were last year, which was him being the central pillar to everything we do, and him dropping back into midfield, and everything becoming slow and laboured, and the defence, the opposition defence being able to play 15 yards higher up the pitch, and I think that could have an enormous impact on our on our functioning as a team. Having said that, if you've got a guy there who's happy to 
really sort of play second fiddle to to Lukaku, who would I think be a terrific weapon off the bench if we if we needed him in games, and who's who's happy to kind of fit in rather than be the be the biggest most important presence which he was last year. I mean, he's clearly a guy who the squad get on with a lot. He's clearly extremely good for morale. So, you know, ultimately, I don't, I don't have a great issue with it. I think it could work really well, but as I forget who, who said it there in the tweets, but as long as Mourinho uses him in the in the best way, ways that he can. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I think it's an example of Mourinho playing the long game to a certain extent, isn't it? You know, in the sense that he's clearly gambling on the idea of United having plenty of games in the second half of the season and plenty of important games, whether that is in the Champions League or the Premier League, you know, we'll see. But he wants that other option and I've got no problem with Ibrahimovic coming back. And, you know, it's great to see the response and it's nice to see him happy about the idea. I don't think realistically United would have brought him back in unless they knew that he was going to be, as you said, second fiddle to Lukaku. Because I don't see how it works otherwise. You know, you don't spend seventy-five million pounds on a player and then stick him on the bench for the second half of the season if you know Zlatan's coming back. It's an option, and I think that it's a worthy option to have. It's a useful option to have. You know, whilst we at some points were tearing our hair out when it came to Ibrahimovic, just because it's so, it was a very, very limiting way to play when we needed to stretch the game out a little bit more, which is what we've seen so far this season. That's not to say that that approach can't work on occasion but that was the only way that we ended up playing for the majority of last season so when it comes to the business end of the season when Mourinho typically tends to get a bit more pragmatic and we are trying to grind out results I don't necessarily think that there's any problem with giving Ibrahimovic that role and you know swapping him and out with the Kaku every now and then but knowing that the Kaku is the main man, you know, I'm pretty sure Zlatan knows that as well. And I think his aim now is to try and help us win the league and progress in Europe. You know, if it comes along with a, a, a proper charge at the Champions League, I'm not going to turn my nose up at that. But yeah, you know, it's going to be several months before he comes into the team anyway. So let's hope that he's in. We're in a position that when he returns, that you can say, okay, so this is how this could work out. This is how we could sort the chop and change things going forward. The thing is, we need to get there first, don't we? I was going to say, I wonder if there's an alternative would be potentially to use it as a change to Pimpitarian as the number ten instead, which allows him to play in those those areas between the midfield and the and the striker, which he was so often dropping into last year. And as long as he's got plenty of pace around it, and he's got Lukaku stretching defences in front of it, then that could actually work really well because he's such a fantastic technician. He can play a creative role as much as a as a spearhead role, and that just might work mm. better for him given that he's not. Whilst he's a, a ridiculous physical specimen, he's not the most mobile player we've ever had. And, you know, he's got so much energy and so much power and strength around him that it might we might just be able to accommodate him there. Well, there we go. Right, let's head over to uh, this week's Twitter questions. The first one is from Vikash Patil, who simply asks, could you please dedicate a short segment of this podcast to laughing at Arsenal Football Club? <laughs> what the hell was that? Wow. Good grief. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday's uh, match at Anfield. I mean, in some ways, it was almost worse than the eight-two. At least they tried in that game. I mean, they got ripped to bits by the likes of Tom Cleverley, Anderson, Nani, and Jisung Park. But at least they tried. Yesterday was bloody turgid. It was horrible. Yeah, there was one one time when uh, when Ramsey was just so casual, wasn't he? Um, Genev was absolutely doing his nut that he didn't 
That was the back whole game. The ho- yeah, the whole yeah, pretty much. The, well, was, I think it was was it the first goal that he gave the ball away and then Salah um, crossed it in for Firmino to head in. Ramsey just didn't look arsed, did he? And I think he he goes he goes through moments like that where he's just like meh, eh, don't really care. Ramsey's an odd one though because he's really really good for Wales. He's consistently good for the national team. Yeah, he plays in a different position though, doesn't he? For for Wales, he, he, I don't know why uh, Wenger uses him as a as a kind of holding midfielder when yeah, it's quite... for a better team as well. <coughs> <laughs> wow. Well. You one of the clearly one of the issues for Arsenal that's been that, that way for a long time is that they are mentally fragile and there's a tendency for them all just to knock off at the same time. And I think the Liverpool game was the you know, and it's an expression that's used a lot, but it, it really was peak Arsenal. But the, the right in that club just goes from the top to the bottom. They they've clearly just the, the fact that they gave Wenger a new contract last summer said everything about the fact that they just happy to accept mediocrity and everything from his his team selection was just bizarre the way they set up and the way they approached playing against the Liverpool side I mean if you set up a team to yeah. play against this Liverpool side and gave and gave instructions as to what to do what Arsenal did at the weekend was literally the last thing you'd do um, and the same happened to Hoffenheim as well that they just went they went out and played incredibly open <laughs> against the team that they know will fly at them in the first 20-25 minutes and plays high intensity and, and quick on the break and they just played they just played to their hands and I, I almost felt like Gary Neville I mean, you know there's always an element of schadenfreude when we see some of the other big teams struggle but I almost felt like Gary Neville just, just being angry at how little they were trying it, well, it wasn't even you know they, they weren't just bad at football they just there was just a complete mental failure and almost just a giving up and I think Harriet mentioned when Ramsey got ball taken off him but there was another occasion in the first half where Ozil had the ball about midway um, out of his own half and he just kind of stood there with the ball at his feet and Henderson just came in and took it off his off his foot and, and strode off with it and Ozil just stood there he just stood there and kind of watched and he thought yeah. I don't just really understand what's happened here but if you're if you're if you're putting putting out a team three players who, who really don't even want to be at the football mm. club <laughs> and then you've, you've picked a bunch who just aren't good enough between them you clearly have an incredibly weak mentality. You know, that, that club's in real trouble. And I, and I always, if, if I didn't watch Arsenal TV every week, I'd, I'd, I'd perhaps um, feel sorry for them. But I do, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, I watched all of the fan cams this week, and I thought for the most part they were pretty measured. But, you know, imagine being in that situation where it is so very clear what the club needs to progress, and that is a new manager, perhaps bringing a director of football as well. But they're just so content to just ride along and just let this continue and it's it, it's poisonous you know it's toxic to let this continue much longer and I do have a measure of sympathy for them because it's not much fun to watch this continue because you know Arsenal can be so much better not that I'm that bothered I thought James Ducker did a great tweet earlier on where he mentioned that the likes of United, Spurs, City and Liverpool are going to be very happy to see this continue because the longer Arsene Wenger stays in the job the weaker Arsenal are and that is the, that's the rub of the green. And what, the saddest aspect of it, without a doubt, yesterday, was Alexis Sanchez just looking so, so broken and sad. He looked like a br- beaten man. It was horrific. But then pissing himself on the sidelines. I don't know if you saw that. He, just, he, just kept, he, kept, he kept having these little outbreaks of laughter. I don't know if it was like, you know that thing when you hear, you hear absolutely terrible news? And for some reason, you feel yeah. like you need, to, you need to smile, you need to laugh. It's like, a, it's like an opposite reaction to something. And it looked like that. It was yeah. just like he's—he's he's so I, devastated with his lot in life 
then all he can do is kind of mm. have these these um, these ticks that are like you know, kind of these grins, Cheshire Cat grins that just keep coming out. Mm. I mean, talking about transfers, it doesn't look like United are going to do much more movement now towards uh, now and the end of the transfer window. I would absolutely be very happy to see Sanchez coming over to a trap him. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, Duncan Castle's talked about Thomas Lamar from Monaco, but that looks a bit of a long shot at this stage. Harriet, is there anyone in particular that you think realistically United could go for at this stage? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure Mourinho's desperate. Uh, I think he said he mentioned he wanted four, got three. And I think the the start to the season has just kind of confirmed to him that he doesn't actually need four. Uh, and obviously, speaking about, about Zlatan, when he comes back, that'll feel like a new signing anyway, because, you know, for all we knew he wasn't going to, that was it. So, I, I mean, there's no there's no one that really kind of leaps out that would either drastically improve us now. Uh, I think it'd be really difficult over the international break now as well to, to get anyone in if negotiations hadn't already started. Um, so, no, I don't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you a name. No. Uh, right. Andrew Dayton asks, uh, my question is, when will Jose and the boys force me into being a moaner again? I'm a happy camper. Phil Jones, so impressive. <laughs> Yeah, Andrew. Andrew, yeah. difficult. Like, what can you moan about? Like, the only thing you can say is it's only the third game of the season. But yeah, this is good. I'm, I, I would be happy if we carried on in this fashion. Andrew's ace. He, he is. He is the most negative person on my timeline. But as you said, to see to see to see him not um, moaning every single day about United. Um, you know, you know, you're onto something. Perhaps that's the biggest, the biggest guide of all not the performances nothing else just the fact that andrew is becoming increasingly happy yeah i mean that's a good barometer i guess yeah. uh stephen roberts asks uh, we've been quickest out of the blocks of the top six would it have been better to play them sooner as they are still warming up uh no no <laughs> there's a short answer to nope. that <laughs> harry i mean i guess you could say that the seat the start of the season has been relatively kind to us in terms of the fixtures and i don't think we play any of the so-called big boys until what october is it but I think, as we mentioned earlier on, it's really great that we've handled this section of the games well so far anyway, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think we've has enabled us to, to build up the confidence that, that we've all been mentioning and, you know, banish the fear of losing. And, you know, I think actually last season we played we played better against the bigger teams um, bar the first half against City at home and the awful return uh, at of the whole game at the Etihad, we actually played all right, and we had a bit of a game plan. And I think when we went into games as underdogs, that were, and that's the reason why we played fairly well. But this season, I don't think we've we've kind of got that at all. And I think I wouldn't have minded if we played one of the bigger teams towards the beginning of the season. But everybody was saying last week that it would be a great time to play Chelsea, and look how that worked out for Spurs. So you know, it's all hypotheticals, isn't it? I mean. Cautiously optimistic again, uh, as Rich has mentioned before. But I, I'm not afraid going into these matches now, the bigger matches. Uh, you know, going to Anfield, going to Stamford Bridge. Uh, I think we will give a good account of ourselves. And I think the biggest thing is that the fear and the fear is gone, and the confidence is there. That they know their abilities, they know each other's abilities, which is just as important, and they trust each other. The great thing is, is that potentially United could go into games against the teams that you would expect to be challenging for the Champions League spots, potentially off the back of a really encouraging run. You know, it's good to build up this confidence because we did have that period last season, you know, with the City game on for a couple of weeks where we struggled to score and we struggled to win. And then the pattern was set quite early on by sort of September, October time when we were struggling to get through games. 
to not have apart from Champions League fixtures, which will you know we're all assuming going to be tricky to navigate. I don't necessarily think there are too many red herrings in our fixture list. Not anything that we can't manage. Obviously, I'm not expecting us to win everything, but it's a good opportunity to sort of build some confidence up for those games, isn't it? I think you can't underestimate the, the importance of psychology as well. I mean, two notable things: one from last season, one from this. One was that playing City when we did, when they were absolutely flying at the start of the season, completely knocked the stuffing out of us. I mean, we lost, we lost the following two games. We got stuffed at Chelsea, and we didn't really recover from that until November time. And even then, you know, I don't, I don't think we ever really over, overcame the traumas of, of the earlier part in the season. And the second is that and it's an interesting um, tweet from um, Paddy Power, the Paddy Power account over, uh, after the Leicester game. Oh, and really? I, 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 yeah. I, oh, I, I, no, I, Does that ever no, happen? No, I, I, I'm paraphrasing. We basically said it, Leicester look, it almost looks like teams are coming to Old Trafford trying to lose by as little as possible again, which is yeah. to a degree true. I mean, that's how Leicester almost how Leicester set up. There was there was very little positive intent from them until the last sort of twenty, twenty five minutes of the game. And, and and that the importance of that psychology for teams coming to United, you know, the number of games where we can we could steamroll some teams at home or wherever, it starts planting seeds in minds of other sides, of the sides that still want to play, as to how they're going to approach us and what sort of chance they've got of beating us. So I think from perspective of our own psychology and also of the teams we're going to play against it really doesn't hurt having a run of games at the start of the season, which if you're in pretty good form, you can knock, knock the back one after the other and really get some momentum going. Great stuff. I and mean, we've got a couple of weeks off now to stew and watch international football, which should be quite interesting. But yeah, it, it'd be nice to come back to Premier League duties against Stoke and that's where we'll pick things up. So we'll leave it there for tonight. Rich, Harriet, it's been a magical evening. Thank you very much for joining me. Guys, thank you very much as always for listening. Don't forget, you can get us all over the internet. You can get me at you and Lennit. You can get Harry at HM Drudge. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. And you can get us at Red Voices MUFC. And you can get the blog at, at www.redvoices.net. And don't forget, if you're so inclined, there is a donate tab on that website for any meager amount of money you wish to send our way that would be wonderful just to help with running costs have yourselves an absolutely wonderful international break we'll be back with you in a fortnight cheerio